0: Two humorous nurses would like to acknowledge the true custodians of the land in which we record
1: our podcast, the Yorta Yorta people. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders listening today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
0: SafeStyle makes stylish and practical safety glasses that take you from the work site to the weekend. Upgrade your PPE today with their stylish and functional range of safety glasses.
1: Whether you're on shift, on call, first to the scene or in study mode, SafeStyle have you covered. Available in clear UV400, blue light blocking, transition, polarised and prescription lenses.
0: We love these safety glasses for their durability and comfort and are excited to share our discount
1: code with you all. Use our code humorous 10 at checkout for 10% off your order.
0: That's Humorous H-U-M-E-R-U-S-1-0 at checkout for 10% off.
1: Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that makes your heart race. Welcome to
0: Two Humorous Nurses where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chats about all things
1: nursing. This episode, I guess, is a real heart starter. (laughs) Did I write that? Yeah. My God. Georgia, or as you probably know her, Nurse Sibs loves cardiac nursing more than I love coffee. I actually forget that your name's Georgia because I, I
2: know. know. So many people do. Or they'll be like, why do people call you Sibs? And I'm like, that's a very valid question.
0: <laughs> well, my nickname was Pubes all through high school. So it's uh, way better. Pubesy. Because, <laughs> well, I have to explain that now. Why yeah. are yeah, we leave surname, that there? <laughs> my surname was Vander Munich. And one of my friends thought that was funny because it rhymes with pubic. Oh. So they also had me oh. pubic. And then it <laughs> shortened to pubes. So they would be like at the supermarket, they're like, pubes! Huh? And I would <laughs> love that. that to pubes for like five years. Oh, you're a weirdo. Anyway. Well, that's,
2: that's great. I used to get, so obviously I got Sibs and then I got like G Sibs. And then one of my friends used to call me giblets. giblets. And then someone else, no, it gets worse. Someone else was like, oh shitly. Shitley. <laughs> the- Instead of sibly. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying it every time it's like, oh shitly. I'm like, oh my God, can we just have sibs? Like that's just nice. This thing's not about poo. <laughs> Shitley. Oh my god. Oh, best so-
1: intro
0: ever. Yeah. He was Georgia Shitley, a clinical specialist in <laughs> cardiology. And a nurse entrepreneur. She loves education and believes it is about empowering others and encouraging critical thinking. Welcome, Shitley.
2: Shitley. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and now have the giggle. Oh, so yeah, funny! That's so funny! That's the best intro we've ever had. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Thank
0: you for bringing that to us.
2: I feel like I'm gonna regret saying that. Totally. To yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> now <laughs> everyone will know. Yeah.
0: Ten thousand people at some point will have <laughs> heard you. We <laughs> called Georgia Sibley. Oh, anyway, God. Georgia Sibley.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We can get a bit more civilized, thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, anyway, we're so excited to have you on this podcast. We've been trying to arrange this for so long.
1: Since April, when you had oh, your my God. event.
2: My luncheon. Feels like so long ago. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we're going to get to that, but um, we want to hear about your journey into nursing so far. Tell us a bit about you. Oh, I love that question.
2: Well, it's shitly here, everyone, and let me dive into my nursing journey. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I'll stop ringing up. Um, so my nursing journey I guess when I was in high school I was that person that just had no idea what I wanted to do and like it used to just piss me off so much that people would be like okay you're 14 years old like what subjects do you want to do for the rest of your life and I'm like I don't even know who I am like how am I meant to know that um so when I left high school I just went into like a psychology degree because my mom was a psychologist super random and then like in so I'm from Queensland and when you finish high school, you're 17. And then so the first year out of high school, you turn 18. So like the first semester into uni, I turned 18 and I was like, uni's lame. Going out and getting drunk is so <laughs> fun. <laughs> so I was like I'm going to defer. Of course. And I deferred that and then got like another random job for a little while and was kind of in that weird like limbo phase of like, I literally don't know what I want to do with my life. And my mum was quite sick at the time. So she um, ended up having a lung transplant like five years ago now. And so like while she was really sick before she had a transplant, I would obviously see her in hospital a lot. And um, yeah, just kind of got to see like, like in my like, quotation marks, like the kind of good nurses and like the kind of bad nurses and just watching <laughs> like, <laughs> watching like the difference that, you know, both both sides of the coins made in my mom's care because her like main symptom was shortness of breath on exertion. Like everything took her a really long time. And like watching nurses, like have the patience and compassion for my mom versus watching the nurses that are kind of like, come on, like, just like hurry up. And I'm like, dude, she can't breathe. Like, just give her a minute. That kind of like was a thing when I was, you know, in my early twenties where I was like, I feel like if I was a nurse, I would be a good one. Like I would really try and always treat everyone like how I would want my mom to be treated. I know people say that as like a cliche thing, but like genuinely, I was like, you know, if someone's sick, you you need to have like that, I guess, level of compassion and empathy to look after them properly. So I started my nursing degree. I moved to Melbourne, started my nursing degree at Deakin, and that was actually really cool. I did like a study tour in uni. I went over to Bhutan in the Himalayas and did like nursing for two weeks, which was like so- oh so cool mm. um and then just in like anatomy and physiology like I really liked the heart and I feel like I just like understood it When a lot of people were like I just don't get this
1: <laughs>
2: Kelly I'm looking at you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah like I tried to get my grad year in cardiology and I got my grad year in like CCU which was really amazing and have literally just been there ever since um I started in, yeah, CCU, and then I went to go to cath lab, was literally in cath lab for like one week, like Monday to Friday, and then was like, I'm not going to enjoy this.
0: Yeah. So I was like, why did you think that?
2: Because there's not a lot and also no shade to cath lab nurses, but like, there's really not a lot of patient involvement. It's very like, get the patient in, make them lie down, put a drape on, do the procedure, get them out, get the next one in. Um, And there wasn't that like element of patient education or like, you know, I guess it's having the time to explain to them what's going on because the doctors are like, hurry up. Like we need to do everything five minutes ago. Um, And also just like, also not throwing shade to doctors, but like, different cardiologists everyone like it's I'm sure it's like surgeons where like they all like things done differently
1: yeah
2: and I was like I don't see myself feeling rewarded from like like a yeah not getting like the patient education element but to like every day being like oh I'm gonna set up my table like this because this doctor likes this and this one doesn't like yeah. I was just like I didn't really become a nurse for that yeah I became a nurse to like support patients and help them understand what's going on so I just straight away was like I don't think I'm going to like this, Um, which was like a shock to me because I was like, I love cardiology and I think it's so interesting. So cath lab just like made sense. Yeah. But then, yeah, kind of as like once I like spoke to my numb at that point and was like, I really am not going to enjoy this, the sort of like temporary option, again, in like quotation marks, was for me to work in like the cath lab recovery. Um. So this is at a different hospital to where I work now. But, yeah, they had like a elective kind of unit where patients come in from home but also like just a recovery for like pre and post cath lab and the cath lab nurses hated working there but I really liked it because it was very like very just patient education heavy and so my like temporary thing of being there ended up being like a year and a half (laughs) and then I came back to Melbourne with the intention of going back to CCU and again the temporary like place for me to be was in like an elective cardiology unit and I've been there ever since still <laughs> because I was like there's a lot of perks like working in elective areas in terms of like not working weekends um my unit is open like 24 six so we close on Saturdays but we have a permanent night duty staff member so like I probably do night duty like once a year um, so there's like those perks but also the main thing for me was definitely the patient education like I sit down with patients after their procedures and before their procedures and be like this is why you're having an angiogram. This is what an angiogram is. And then like when we get the reports being like, do you see these pictures? Like this is the part that they needed to put a stent in because absolutely. as you can see, there's no blood flow getting past it. And they're like, oh my God, like no one's ever explained it like that. And I'm like, yep, yeah, love that. Like I just absolutely love it.
0: I feel like that's how a lot of people end up in the jobs that they're in. I feel like that's how Kelly's ended up in the numb job that she's in. It was like going to be temporary. And now it's still kind of temporary, but looking more permanent. (laughs) I told myself that I was never going to work in this little hospital because it'd be fucking boring. And here I am six (laughs) years later, like frothing it and wanting to educate everybody and empower everyone to have, you know, great nursing standards and like to teach the next generation of nurses. Like I just, I feel like sometimes you fall into something that Mm. you didn't expect. Although you knew you were going to end up in cardiology. I oh, didn't yeah. know I was going to end up in mixed med surge with no doctors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God, that sounds like a nightmare.
1: It is, <laughs> but I love it. So for people like us, oh, not people like us because not you, but for people like me who don't like hearts and have done 22 years of nursing um, with multiple ECG study days, <laughs> <and> <laughs> I reckon I've done 10 ECG study mm. days, if not more. I've, I've stopped doing them now. I think the last one I did was in. She gave up. I did one in 2015 when I first moved to this hospital because I was in urgent care and actually seeing cardiac patients. But then I'm a big believer in if you do an ECG, just get a doctor to look at it. So.
2: Oh, my God, you're, like, breaking my heart. <laughs> no, I no, but see, this Not is the mind. thing. This <laughs> is the thing about ECG study days, and this is exactly why I made ECG workshops because I, I've also done like five ECG study days and I hate how they're taught because they're so waffly and so like, okay, so like here's your ECG, let's sit down for 27 minutes with this like bit of paper and a ruler and like count all these boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, no, people don't, people aren't going to do that. Mm. Like there's like way easier ways. Oh my God, you're going to get me on that. a rant now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <but> yeah. <laughs>
1: so before you go on your rant, why don't you tell us what cardiac basics we should have like as an everyday nurse who not cardiac related, maybe would just be like, oh, my patient's tachycardic and the clinical nurse told me to go do an ECG Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to give it to the doctor. But if I'm looking at it, what should, like, what are our basics that we should know? I feel like this is what
0: I tell students who I think actually shouldn't, you're probably going to correct me. But when students come and ask me about ECGs, I want to say to them, Shut the fuck up. You don't need to know anything (laughs) about ECGs. Just close your eyes and hand it to someone who knows. Because you've got that much going on in your head as a student that you don't need to know. And whereas if it's a grad, I'm like, if you can find the P, the Q, the R, the S, the T, Mm -hmm. and if you can look at those, you know, in the rhythm strip and tell me if it's normal, that's what I like as a grad.
2: Yeah. Right. Kelly's looking at me
0: like she doesn't even know.
2: She's like, what's a PQRST? It's this thing.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's levels of how much you should know based on your experience and what kind of patients you're working with.
2: I agree. But I also think that people, like if someone's keen to learn ECGs, like I have taught students like in my workshops who like, there was a student recently where they're also a Ruson and they did my workshop and they had a great, great level of, like, understanding because they were interested and they were taking the initiative to, like, look at ECGs and yeah. look stuff up. And then at their Ruson job, they, like, asked a nurse about an ECG and it was, like, a really good question. Like, it was, like, oh, hey, like, is this, like, flutter or something? And the nurse was, like, you shouldn't even know that.
0: Um, and she's,
2: like, but... I do. And Mm. I'm like asking a question, like if, is, if this is new for the patient. And I was like, so sad because I'm like, Mm. that's like not an attitude to have. Like if someone like, yes, like when you're a student, there's so much to learn, but like being told for three years or four years or however long that like, Oh, you don't need to know that. You don't need to know that. Mm. And then becoming a nurse and every single met call and every single code blue, anytime someone gets chest pain, anytime someone comes to ED, they all get an ECG. Mm. So like, being told like you don't need to know it but then in real life you, you kind of do need to mm. know it it's like a bit like I would yeah, I used to even get frustrated when I was a grad as well um I think with ECGs though like and this is you know a lot of my Instagram page now it's like you just need to be told where to look and what you're looking mm. for mm-hmm. you know like it's all well and good to be like here's like this thing should be three small boxes or Mm. four big boxes or whatever. Like that honestly goes in one ear and out the other, even for me, I'm like, you're just saying words. But if someone's like, you know, if if there's a big gap (laughs) between something, it means there's a delay. I'm like, that makes perfect sense.
0: Exactly. (laughs) If it doesn't look like if you can, I feel like if you can compare anything to a a normal ECG, like, you know, where the QRS complex is nice and narrow. And if you're comparing the ECG you've just taken and it's really wide, well, there's something wrong. Like,
1: you know, if you yep. can identify
2: the abnormalities. And I think yep. nurses are
1: very good at spotting
2: an abnormality. Mm. It's literally spot the difference. Yeah. Like if, if, an, if someone brings, and this happens all the time where someone will bring an ECG to me and be like, Hey, can we go through this? And I'm like, let's look at the one before. And I will like say in my head or even out loud, like, what am I seeing? So if it's like, oh, they've got, you know, T wave inversion in like these three leads and then, or they're, everything's completely normal. And then the new one, I'm like, oh, they have T-wave inversion in these three leads. Like you're literally just spotting the difference, but then that's how you can escalate like appropriately. So like- Yeah, I know people hate ECGs and I get it, but it's because they're taught in such a confusing yeah, and they, dumb way. That's yeah, that's exactly so right. True.
1: And I think you can be taught, like the person that did the ECG course, the last one that I did, mm. like he loved it, right? Like yeah. he loved cardio, he loved the heart. He was like, Who this, is he? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's at Bendigo Health. I don't know if he's there anymore, but he was like, This organ is the best part of the human body. Like yep. it is That's literally, what I think. yeah, I don't. <laughs> but anyway, he's like, it, and and the way, I think the way he taught it made me excited yep. about it. Like I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to remember this. And then the next day I did advanced life support training mm. <laughs> and I forgot about arts. <laughs> I was like, I oh, no, I'm definitely going to remember this advanced life support training. <laughs> and you know what I remember from that? Just, you know, all the A-drugs And the H's and the T's and twenty mil saline flushes. So I learn enough to get me through. (laughs)
2: But that's fine. Even like if you if you really don't want to learn ECGs, like okay, first of all, again, hurting my heart, but like. If, if like you're doing an ECG on a patient, you're doing it for a reason, right? Absolutely. So escalate yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. You no, know what that's I mean? exactly like, right. If patient has chest pain, do yeah. an ECG, escalate it. Your it's like patient when people looks like they're really, about to die.
0: Kelly got really good <laughs> at like um, sending ECGs to the
1: cardiologist like, and to the on-call doctor. Yeah, mate, if yeah, I'm going to do an ECG, expect a photo of it. Or yeah. a fax of it to the clinic. People that would do an ECG and then put it in the doctor's box to review the next morning when they come in. Mm-hmm. i like, Oh my god! No, sorry, don't that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you, why did you do that ECG? Don't do mm-hmm. it if you don't want the doctor to look at it straight away. Don't do it. Yeah. Like in my head, I'm like, even where I worked in the country in WA, we had a um, an ECG hotline. So you would fax an ECG really? down with the patient details, and you would send it down. It would go to some flight desk at whatever. Hospital was on call for the after hours weekend period, Mm. and they would review your ECG and call you with a plan or send Mm. it back with a note saying, Oh, it's okay. Like, so you could put it back in the file to say it had been reviewed. And I feel yeah. like every ECG through. needs medical review regardless. Yeah, I'm of, like,
2: can I have that job? Mm.
1: Yeah, I know. How fun would it be
2: sitting there with Sitting like, at a desk, mm, I'm like, mm. ECG. they're about yeah. to crash. I would do something for Too late, Call out to the phone. I'm doing CPR. Yeah. 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 Why are they not answering me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They've got no rhythm.
0: <laughs> Speaking of rhythm, what's your favorite cardiac rhythm? And why? Oh, my God.
2: I, love I just this. love it. This Go. is a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so i don't know why but i really like complete heart block like not for the patients i wouldn't even know what it looked like <laughs> on an ecg yeah look you guys need to come to my workshop yeah. i also get excited like that guy bending so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: what
2: it like. no okay so in like a summary yeah on an ecg there's p waves and there's qrs complexes but they're not talking to each other. So, like, the atria are firing and so are the ventricles, but there's no communication between the two.
0: Oh, I was going to say that was my favourite, but I didn't know what it was called. Oh, bless you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so complete heart block or third degree heart block. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. So, like, yeah, on an ECG, like, People can often, like, if they look too quickly or they're like, oh, yeah, there's P waves and there's QRS complexes, Mm. but their heart rate's like 30. I'm like, no, Mm. you need to look and make sure that that's not complete heart block. Because if their heart rate's that slow, it's obviously not. There's a reason. Yeah. 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 And it's okay if they've
0: got P waves and QRS complexes, but the P waves have to come before every QRS complex. Yes.
2: and it. It It
0: doesn't. See, I I know a little bit. I don't know as much as Mm. I think I should. But I do know a bit.
1: That's yeah, you do. But so I should do your course, really. Uh, yeah. Well, come on, do you guys. know what my favourite my favorite <laughs> rhythm, <laughs> oh, my my rhythm is? My favourite rhythm is SVT because you don't have to, film. what, SVT? <laughs> SVT, A, because I know what it is. B, I know how to treat it. And C, mm. I'm pretty sure my patient's not going to die from it, mm. so therefore it's okay. A, still mm-hmm. is fine if I'm like it's an arrest and I just get there because mm. then I'm like... Non-shocking No, rhythm. do you know what my favorite rhythm is? <laughs> no, try like, again? I've done AFLShopping yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm just standing there doing nothing. And <laughs> then I'll be like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this uh, fine beer? Is it just yeah, that one of just, the leads aren't on that's right. check your positions, people?
0: <laughs> I will say I actually had a patient going to A Sicily once, like in theatre, and mm-hmm. the anesthetic registrar was like. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> step, step one in doctor's ABCD. Shit! <laughs> shit! And then he was like, Danger. "Check the Sorry. leads." So I check the leads. I'm like, "No, they're on." And he's like, "Oh." No. oh <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway,
0: we, he gave her adrenaline, and then she just like spontaneously.
1: Oh yeah! Um, wow, that's
2: oh, yeah. that's so funny. I had a patient once. Um, I still just can't believe this was a thing, but they got transferred from another hospital <laughs> for like, like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like 17 second pauses, which like, that's like, it's not a pause. A pause. Anyway, so this like patient comes in and like, I admitted them and they were 100% fine. Like just talking like you and I, and I'm like, you know, were you dizzy? Like, did anything happen when you about in these pauses? <laughs> yeah. The patient's like, no, like I literally have been 100, like felt 100 this whole time. And I was like, that's just so weird. And I looked through the rhythm strips and the pauses was where a lead had come off and it was like a perfect flat line. And I was like, how many doctors did this go through for them to be like, yep, that's definitely a pause. Let's transfer them to another facility. And then we'd actually <laughs> discharge them and
1: he went home. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's crazy. Oh, oh, my God. That's a great story, though. Yeah. We had a patient when I worked in Broome that was on telemetry and um, he'd been having these fainting episodes mm. and the doctor was sure that it was cardiac related, right? young guy, young, fit, healthy guy. And we, I was on night shift and we were sitting there and the machine, the telemetry machine just screamed at us and, like, started spewing <laughs> out paper. <laughs> and so we race in and he's like, oh, oh. Anyway, he'd come to. Like he, so he had a, a minute of, like, flat line. And then obviously he had a fainting episode and then he'd woken up as we raced in there. So anyway, so my job then for the rest of the night was to sit next to his bed and I'm like, yeah, because he's going to faint while I'm sitting there. And they're like, he's not fainting. He's fainting because his heart's stopping. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> so you can jump so, on his chair. No, they wanted me to know if it was real. So my mm-hmm. job as the EN on shift was to sit in the room and special him while we waited for the alarm. Every time he fell asleep, like not just... Like just asleep, but like, as like he obviously, like his head it did would drop sleep. asleep. Yeah. Eee, like, what? oh my God. It was, and I was like, fuck. And one of the nurses was <laughs> like, just whack him on the chest every time. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> wake that boy up. <laughs> In 2005, that's what you did, clearly. Which Something called something cardiac punch. Um, is that what it is? It's
2: yeah. Like um, it. Something stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. <okay>. yeah. <laughs> i didn't do that but it was very interesting he ended up getting um transferred to to the city and he had to have mm. an automated like a defibrillator implanted yeah work yeah so it was so interesting i was
2: like oh, see and you think you don't like hearts that sounds like a
1: great issue so, like, I, I thought
2: normal.
0: this was gonna be something like he wanked off every time <laughs> oh, yeah him, that's he he what thought. i thought so i
2: was like where's this going you know that's actually a thing it's disgusting where i've seen it where like they're like alarm for like vt or vf in hospital masturbating and i'm like boys wait till you get home this is not the place
1: no impossible and everyone
2: rushes in because they think it's vt or vf and they're like oh (laughs) nothing to see here we're like are you okay oh yeah i'm great (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is gold. Oh, so wrong. <laughs> what do you find most challenging and rewarding about cardiology?
2: The best and worst. The best and worst. Um, the best, to, just to sound like a broken record, is just patient education. <laughs> okay. I really like that, you know, all the things that I know and understand, I can explain to patients in like plain English. And they actually understand it. Like I find that, and like same for their family members, like family members are always stressed out and worried and stuff. And just being able to like explain things in a way they understand, I find really, really rewarding. Um, I think the most challenging, which I don't see this as often now that I'm in an elective unit, but we definitely still, still well, do still see it is like, and I'm sure this is in a lot of areas, but just like when, there's like nothing else that can be done for someone like because of their heart. So like with heart failure or something, if they're like not a candidate for a transplant for whatever reason and like they know that and you know that and they're kind of just like, like still, you know, living life, but like essentially just like, it seems like they're just like waiting to die. Like I find that really like hard. Um, Yeah. That's probably like the, the most challenging thing. Cause like the other things with cardiology, like when there's like, Always like code blues and met calls, and it's busy. I love that. Yeah, I'm like, give me emergencies all day, every day. I want to fly in and be like, we need pads, we need this. Like, (laughs) I love it. No thanks.
0: Someone asked me the other day, we had a locum doctor come and work in our hospital, and she was like, What would your dream job be? And because I was saying how I ended up there, because you know, it's just sort of where I ended up. She was like, Well, what would your dream job be? And I'm like, Seriously. Like either back in anaesthetics or I would just go and work in resus and just do airway, like airway all day, every day. And we really a, yeah, and we had an agency nurse standing there going, Oh, well, I just I work at the airport sometimes or I don't know if it was the airway somewhere. She's like, I work there sometimes and the last time I worked there, they had one nurse manning two airways in resus because they had no no one else yeah. airway qualified. And Ooh. I was like,
2: oh my Holy God.
0: shit, like can you yeah.
2: imagine? I actually hate airway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That hurts my throat.
2: I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know it comes before, like, A comes before C, but it's I'm like, are, Rudy, needs an airway. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, What <laughs> rhythm are they in? Stick that vagina down their throat and be done with
1: it. <laughs> the LMAs. They <Yeah,
2: laughs> actually I do it like vaginas. It. <laughs> I, like, every time we do ALS, I'm like, oh, like. Just don't talk to me about the airways. Give me the rhythms. <laughs>
0: I'm like that when I think about the drugs. I'm like, oh, don't talk to me about the drugs because they all yeah. have the same name
2: and <laughs> they the all start with doses. A. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. stupid. You're like, oh, be like, ah, bit this, bit of that. <laughs> like
0: the one for SVT start with S. And the, yeah. <laughs> that would just make so much more sense yeah. and they could all have the same dose that would be great too. that would
2: be great right why do they have to have such different doses i
0: know and I know. units
2: like we're simple people
0: exactly speaking of simple people they've put on the side of our crush cart we literally <laughs> have like it's an a4 piece of paper that's laminated there's like six of them and they've got the drug name in like massive letters <laughs> like, so you can just flip to it. it literally says like <laughs> the drug name <laughs> what it's for, exactly what the dose is, and then how often to give it. And it's in like massive letters. So if you're having like an arrest, you can quickly like just almost, like, that. grab the one that's got the drug that but you need. But that's it's, great. Like, it's so goofy. Goofy. Like, I, I love
2: that. that. Then,
1: yeah, it's Especially because we don't do them often enough. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, it's different if you're using them all the time. But for yeah. me, I like the time I remember them is the day before my ALS assessment. And I make sure yep. I them when I read up on them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you do you have to deal with a lot of like emotional family members or like do you have a lot of those like difficult conversations with people I guess you touched on that before about like those people that kind of you know have, have no choice hope. options
2: yeah mm. Mm. um yeah I so I do like to in terms of like I guess bad bad news breaking bad news like I you know how I guess a lot of nurses and stuff will... Or like, let's just take a patient is in hospital and all the nurses, all the doctors, everyone knows that like on this scan or on the angiogram, whatever, that it's like really bad news. And the patient's just like sitting there for hours and hours and hours, like waiting for the doctors to come and talk to them. I know a lot of nurses feel, and I would feel like this if it wasn't something that I understood so well, but they don't feel comfortable going and talking to the patients about the results. Whereas, because I know what it means and what the like next steps are, I actually don't mind having those conversations because, like I've been a patient before, and, like I said, my mum's been a patient before, and I hate when you're just sitting around waiting for someone to tell you something and you don't know what's going on. So, like I've sat down with patients and they're like relatives before, and I remember once, I like literally pulled a chair over to the bed space, and this patient's wife was like, Oh, it like, can't be good if you're going to sit down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I was like, Oh, you know, like I've just been running around. But by the way, yeah, you know, your husband do. has <laughs> triple vessel disease. He will not be going home today. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. But like, I was like, you know, I feel like there's a way of, I guess, approaching those like conversations. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, like, yes, like their patients are we're nurses, but we're all like just people. And withholding information and being like dilly-dallying around the point isn't usually helpful unless you know obviously they're like hysterical and freaking out you don't want to be like you know making the situation worse but um yeah like having those difficult conversations if it's something that I feel like I can actually answer all their questions with so like anything about cath lab things I'm sweet with um yeah I don't really mind that and then I guess like emotional kind of family members um again like I just I just I'm just such a big believer in like just just communicate with people just tell them like if I was with the patient and they were like deteriorating or like arresting or something just like beeline it for their family and just be like there is a lot of people that are about to come in this room right now because your relative is very unwell but all of these people are trained to like fix the situation and there's gonna be a lot going on. We just need you to move out. I will come and get you in five minutes and I will tell you what's going on. But right now, we need to do our job and you need to move. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause like if you're yeah. like, oh, just go over there, the family <laughs> member's gonna be like, what? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I feel like you've nailed
0: that conversation. I'm like, I need to write that down as a script for yeah. like to
1: use.
0: <laughs> I feel like working in kids, I always, the, like the biggest thing I took away from from working in kids ward was like you don't like to be surprised, so, mm-hmm. and they want you need them to trust you, so you have got yeah. to be honest with them. And I feel like I've taken that in all of my nursing. Like mm. I like to tell people in that instance, like if I've hit the code button, I'm like just letting you know a lot of people are about to yep. rush here to your bedside, and you like you need to lay there and just do as you're told, like and yep. that kind of thing. Yeah, that- because you
2: don't like waffling and like yeah, like not getting to the point. Mm. And, you know, some people are better at, at communicating, like, succinctly yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, than others. But, like, I remember, like, even when I was a grad, I was in the room. This is, like, burnt into my brain. <laughs> was in the room when someone arrested and the I, like, yelled out to my like nurse in charge because it wasn't like you know at uni where they teach you about like a cardiac arrest and it's always like you walk into the room and like Bob is like unconscious on the floor and it's like this really like controlled thing this was nothing like that like this patient was like in the chair they like their whole body just like flipped and I literally was like what the fuck is going on their monitor was like going off and my nurse in charge that came in so skilled so amazing cannot for the life of them like just Be succinct. Mm -hmm. So she's like, Oh, like, I need you to. And I'm like, literally sitting there, like, What? What (laughs) What are we doing? And she's like, Press the buzzer. I'm like, Like the yellow one. And she's like, No, no, (laughs) the code button. And I was like, What? And like, and she was just like, "Uh, uh, uh." And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, because I'm like, I just need to be told, like, the patient needs to be in the bed or like, we need to do CPR or whatever. And so, like, I've learned from that experience that, like, in those situations, like, It's not even about like being polite or being nice or Mm -hmm. being friendly. Like, if you need someone to fucking move, tell them to move, and like you can give them some context. Like, you can be like, "We need you to move because we're like there's about to be ten people in here, and we need to do our jobs." Um, But yeah, there's definitely like a skill in being able to just communicate the point of things quickly.
0: Sometimes I apologize to my staff after an arrest and be like, "Yeah." (laughs) Sorry. Hope you're all okay. Yeah, that went pretty well.
2: Everyone's just like crying. You're like, no, I think people
0: appreciate when you can delegate and when you can give instructions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But sometimes you're like, you need to stop that and move on. Like sometimes you like, and I get a bit because your adrenaline's all pumping. So I get a bit like not aggro, but I'm like very clear about when people need to stop doing that shit and move on and get. Yeah,
2: but that's what you need, especially if you're like like in my department, I'm like one of the more senior nurses. And I've been in those situations where like, you know, the whole like Met Call team comes or whatever and everyone's chatting and I'm just at the head of the bed and I'm like, can everyone just stop speaking for a second? (laughs) Because I'm like, no one can hear what's going on. And like, like, it's just like, you just sometimes need someone to be like, right. Like, come on guys, this is what we need to do. And this is like, yeah. That's like one of the things in cardiac that like, I know it sounds really scary, but like people can crash so hard and so fast because like, yeah, you don't always know the full backstory of like, you know, like someone could present with like, you know, cute little old lady with like a few syncable episodes or pre-syncable episodes. And then it turns out they're in complete heart block and any minute could drop that rhythm. And so it's like, you know, I I you know when you hear people come onto certain wards and they'll be like, "Oh, like this is not busy." Or like, "This is not heavy." Or like, they're just a bit judgy. I hear that about cardiac all the time. And I'm like, "Yeah, it might seem all right because everyone's all right now, but trust me, if they're going to crash, it will happen any second, and it's usually unless it's like, you know, a very I guess expected or like anticipated or there's like good senior staff around, it can be really messy if and you're like
0: prepared, like yeah. if, if it happens yeah. in that in that second. You
2: know, yeah and, yeah
0: like sometimes the stars align for people like they might mm. crash and a nurse is standing right next to them yeah other people might crash and you're in the toilet and then yeah. the guy the girl that's looking after your lot is you know with another patient
1: like mm. it's it was like the wiggle you know he collapsed on stage with his heart condition yeah just happened to be an off-duty icu nurse right there mm. he had to put the defibrillator on and saved his life yeah like you know, time Sometimes it's just, just luck and Absolutely,
2: timing. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like messy codes are never like nice. Mm. But again, like airway breathing, who needs it, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Without the, heart, it's the, the hearts. Their heart's beating, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, What are your plans for the future?
0: I'll we'll get back to you.
2: Future, future nurse sibs. Actually, so I, this is so exciting, I just hired, someone which is like mind-blowing for me
0: boss lady. Like
2: a I'm, a, I'm a boss um <laughs> yeah so I just hired someone because I have like some you know big grand plans and you know there's there's certain things that like I can't like outsource you know like me writing like my ECG posts or like creating workshops like people like them because it's taught in the way that I teach them so there's like certain things like that that take up a lot of my time that I like doing but I just like yeah I can't outsource it so I've got someone to now help me with like just some like sort of like assistant kind of social media kind of stuff but um, I'm really excited now because I feel like my time is like going to be a little bit more freed up to make epic things Um, and one of those epic things is going to be like a self-paced online ECG course yeah
1: that's cool
2: Yeah, because with my workshops, like the, I guess, like pain point of them always was like every time I announced one, instantly people would message me and be like, I can't come on that day or like, I've got a shift. And it's like, I know that we're all nurses and I know that we all have like different rosters and different times, but like, I just have to choose dates and then hope that people can come along kind of thing. So. By making like a self-paced version of that um, that people can kind of do in their own time I think it will allow like a lot more people to be able to yeah to actually learn the content and not in like the boring ECG study day kind of ways because I do not teach them like that I teach <laughs> yeah. them very like visual and simple and just like to the point yeah. Um, so yeah that's taking up a lot of my time at the moment because building an online course takes a very long time <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah for sure
2: it's and awesome then, of course, my space. luncheon. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, yeah I was going to yeah. say, the luncheon and Sibs by design. Like, we want to yeah. hear about what's happening in
2: that space. Yeah. So I've just started planning. I say planning. I sent one email um, <laughs> to Crown about doing my luncheon again next year. So I, like, when I think about, like, the last 12 months of being, like, you know, nurse Sibs and having a business, like, my luncheon is always the thing that stands out to me as, like, my favourite part because yeah. it was just... Just so epic, and I can't believe still that it came together how it did. And that, you know, we had like Lisa come along and like you guys come along and we got to meet like awesome people like Robin and just like I just yeah. think it was I think epic. The so out
1: from that was um probably more than you ever imagined. Like I yeah. that one event that you put on actually had such a positive impact on so many people and us yeah. included. I think um, because there's not many nursing events. In that
0: space, there's none that are no. like luxury and that make you feel appreciated and that are there for you. Like, and, yeah. and I don't want to sit there and fucking learn. I don't and want no, to know yep. about what's new in DKA. I don't care. Give me some news. Yeah. Give me some interesting people some to boos. listen to. Yeah, and let's that's have a exactly time. Right. Like, there's not enough of that. Next yep. time,
2: no, no salmon. Yeah, yeah
1: no, no
0: salmon,
2: salmon. Really? I
0: mean, well, we're from the country. The fish <laughs> has to travel too far <laughs> to get. up. Oh, need it.
1: That might <laughs> be <some> Murray cod. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Crown's like, excuse me, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's not a chance we'll be doing that. <laughs> Great. Um, so but you yeah, no, that's literally, know. I'm not even joking. You've basically just taken like my thoughts of why I created that yeah. event and my Sydney event for that exact reason. Like I obviously love education and I love teaching, you know, cardiac things, but I genuinely think that nurses are not celebrated enough. We see insane things every yeah. single day and don't bat an eyelid to it or like push it down to the point that it's like we need a psychologist to help us like whatever it is we deserve to have like more than one event that is like guys we do a great job and like let's you know enjoy enjoy that so So,
1: go out get drunk listen to some cool people talk yeah and
2: have a good time
1: have fun with other nurses who understand you and it doesn't matter if you're sitting around talking nursing because we all love it anyway yeah so it was a great way I mean we met people that like they didn't even know who we were, and we just had a mm. great conversation on the table. It wasn't until afterwards they were like, "Oh shit, that's you!" And we're like, "Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> But it was so fun to just let loose in a way that celebrated nurses, and I think like you should be commended for that because yeah, thank you. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah.
0: problem, I girls. Be there next year, um, and every year afterwards. because mm. Um, and we'll be staying the night next time. We won't yeah, be we will be. Off yeah, we'll
2: no. Yeah. Yep. No, we love that. It'll yeah. be, it'll be epic. I'm hoping for like very similar vibes, but like just bigger and better. So, yes. yeah, oh. it'll be fun. Yep.
1: Love
0: it. Can't wait. We've got some word association for you,
2: sieves. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Are you ready?
0: It's like just,
2: am I just saying it's whatever fun. comes to my mind?
0: The first
2: thing
0: that sure, comes
2: to your I. head, it's
0: got to be click. You ready? Okay. In fact, shit. Regurgitation. <laughs>
2: Oh my god. Mitral valve? Prick. What? Prick? Prick. Um finger? Boys. Gross. <laughs> Potato. Like me sometimes. Pump. Heart. Catheter. Not for a penis. Toxic. <laughs> Toxic. Um culture. <laughs> Fart funny
0: <laughs> that's all we got not for a penis can you tell me catheter's not for a penis <laughs> for your heart.
2: well that's like an angiogram like they put a catheter up a catheter is just a tube everyone thinks it's just for a willy
0: you're right you're actually right about that it's like um panadol become the universal term for paracetamol
2: yeah like we'll say to patients will come in for an angiogram and we'll be like, Oh, you know, like what procedure you're having and they'll be like, Oh, they're putting a camera in my arteries and we're like, It's not a camera, it's a catheter. And they're like, Oh, no, 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 I'm here for my heart. Not and we're like <laughs> yeah, no. We I won't be going fingers. near your genitals, it's fine. Keep yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your willy in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> you're on
0: telemetry in room twenty four. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh
0: so this
1: episode's given me tachycardia. <laughs> See what I did there? Probably Blender. should joke given you episode that you had yesterday.
2: Yeah, well, story of my life. Here I am drinking a Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> you can follow um,
1: Georgia or Nurse Sibs at her Instagram at Nurse Sibs. Um, you can follow us at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast um, and show us some love on whatever platform you listen to us on. You also have a podcast. Quickly plug
2: that. Yeah, go on. Oh yeah, I do have a podcast. So I, (laughs) my podcast is having a little crisis at the moment, but we have those weekly. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> right. I feel like we need to, like, you know, talk yeah. offline about this because I'm like, what direction am I going in? Like, it's no, so I have a podcast called Sibs by Design, which I made in like the depths of my burnout earlier in the year because I was having a crisis about not wanting to have like my entire identity associated with being a nurse. Because obviously, like, I run a business, so and I like business and like personal development and like, you know, a bit woo-woo stuff like the universe and manifesting and like just things that aren't nursing. So yeah, my podcast is a little bit nursing, a little bit like businessy and all that other stuff I just mentioned. Um, But yeah, I really like podcasting so fun. It is fun. Like I genuinely love it.
0: I love that that's become part of my identity now. But yeah. I, for, I think I forget it sometimes. Like, mm. sometimes I forget that I've Ultra been a podcaster Amanda. for two years. Yeah, she's a podcaster.
2: Yeah, two years, guys. Congratulations
0: and Yay. happy birthday. Thank you for Thanks. being a part of that. Yeah. Um, no. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it is
2: fun. It yeah. is fun. We love it. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: <laughs> yes. you for coming. Uh, and don't forget, you can send us some love by sending us a copy. In our link tree, you can buy us a virtual coffee And uh, send us an email at hello <laughs> at 2 uh, Tell us your stories. Give us some episode suggestions. We have actually um, done some episodes based on mm. listener suggestions. Really Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>